Soleimani was plotting imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel, but we caught him in the act and terminated him. He was planning a very major attack, and we got him. So that was, that was Trump over the weekend. Was that the speech he gave from his golf course? I believe so, yeah. As we bombed the bejesus out of a bad uh, Iranian. The uh, leader of the Quds Force, the uh, former leader of the whole uh, Revolutionary Guard in Iran, major power broker in that country, often described as the second most powerful guy in Iran. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News, uh, joins us. Mike served with various military organizations in both the U.S. and Europe and teaches and writes and that sort of thing. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be back with you. Happy New Year to you and yours, first of all. Yes, Happy New Year to you, of course. Are you the kind of guy that makes a New Year's resolution, or are you too disciplined for that? No, no, I sure do. Uh, I'm going to do, uh, you know, try to stay in shape, do things. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a checklist guy. you got to put stuff on the checklist, you take them off, and you go on to the next thing. So I, I definitely do things like that for sure. Yeah, okay, interesting. Uh, so, Mike, what was your initial reaction to uh, the, the uh, taking out of General Soleimani and in the days that have followed, uh, where's your thinking? Yeah, it's, frankly, it's about time um, in that um, we now have established, reestablished, actually established because we never established a deterrence with Iran or even other second and third world countries when it comes to their various behavior, especially against the United States. Um, you know, the, the Iran and the United States have been at war since 1979, if you ask Iran. And um, I think that uh, we've let them get away with so many things over the past 20 years at least, uh, especially since U.S. troops left Iraq, um, that uh, General Soleimani was able to travel unfettered throughout the Middle East and train terrorist organizations in Hezbollah and in, in Yemen, uh, obviously in Iraq. Um, and, and then on top of that, the Iranian government shoots down a U.S. drone, uh, attacks uh, 5% of the oil supply in Saudi Arabia, takes tankers without without recourse. Nothing ever happened. Well, now the bar has now been established, and that is decapitation. And so we've got now a deterrence. We're going to find out if the Iranians respond to this. I don't think they will. I, I really think that it's going to be a lot of bluster. I did a lot of research over the weekend on it also as well. And that the bottom line is killing or capturing these kinds of leaders um, is useful. And um, a lot of people think, you know, public officials and terrorism analysts will tell you that it's going to be a problem. But if you look in history, little evidence has shown that capturing or killing these kinds of people causes some kind of blow on violence. Yeah, you, you may have seen some of the same stuff I did then. The, the, if you look back over the history of taking out people like this or making these sorts of moves, there's always claims of, oh, wait till the retaliation, and there right. almost never is. It just no, doesn't, doesn't happen or any on any large level. And then this president decided to escalate that by saying, not only if you do retaliate, we're going to um, not respond proportionately, which is you know kind of the, the politically safe buzzword of the past. It's going to be disproportionate, which is code for um, we're going to go after the defense ministry in Tehran for all practical purposes. I think that's what he means, too, by some of these cities and sites. I mean, he's clumsy with his words saying we're going to go attack uh, religious sites, and so that's not going to happen. But I think that's where this, this has been opened up. We've, you know, this is the definition of not doing the same thing over because that was insanity, and that's what was going on. We definitely appeased the Iranians for the last eight years. I've, I've, done, I've talked to people who are telling me, well, the Obama administration didn't kill the guy or the Bush administration didn't. I said, well, the Bush administration had no idea what, was, what the guy was doing. He never stepped foot in Iraq while he was there. 
And the Obama administration would have let this guy do anything in order to get a deal done with Iran at the time. So that, that's, not, that's another false uh, analogy as well. Well, and I think it's worth pointing out that if uh, Secretary Pompeo or whomever gets word to the Iranians that, look, you retaliate, we're going to take out your defense ministry, I promise you they believe it at this point, yeah. which I think was the entire point. Mike Lyons, military analyst uh, on the line. Um, hey, Mike, it's probably worth mentioning uh, for instance, over on NPR, they're making a, a big deal about the Iraqi parliament uh, voting uh, all foreign troops out of the country and um, and some of the pronouncements of the uh, Iranian regime and how important and scary they are. You always have to remember how much of political uh, speech, public speech, pronouncements are for domestic audiences. Right. And, and they're leaving out key facts, like most of the Kurds and the Sunnis in that parliament didn't vote. They abstained because they don't want to get on the wrong side of this. The Iraqi parliament is similar to ours. It's controlled by Democrats. It's controlled by the Shia. And they've got to project this uh, feeling of, of this invincibility if they want the Iranians to still support them. So they also, it's, uh, the vote doesn't mean anything because they have no power to expel the Americans. Now, let's And it's a non-binding vote. Yeah, exactly. So it's only the prime minister can ask the American forces to leave. But let's even put this in worse perspective. It's only 5,000 troops that are there. We don't have any formations there. Um, the, the ship sailed on Iraq in 2011 when Barack Obama took the 1st Armored Division out in the 360 tanks and 180 Bradley fighting vehicles. That's when this whole thing failed. And so at this point, it, the 5,000 troops are there are helping the Iraqi security forces. We, we leave, it's more symbolic. Um, if he wants to close the embassy, well, then we're not going to do business with them. And, and then people are saying, well, now Iran's going to have un, again, unfettered access inside of Iraq. Well, for all practical purposes, they've had that. Just look at the influence this guy had on the militia groups that stormed their embassy last week. Well, and one concern that's made is that ISIS will overrun Iraq again and the rest of it. Well, if that's a real threat, there's no freaking way Iraq is going to toss our military out if we're keeping them from being overrun. Right. Yeah, that's part of the, there's a lot of people in the world who get paid a lot of money to keep everybody in fear and certainty and doubt, keep everybody afraid. So, you know, ISIS coming back is going to be the, the, the textbook answer for something that's really unpredictable. But but it, but now, to me, it, what, what we've really solidified is this whole thing about decapitation in that um, without troops on the ground in these places, and this is why we're not ever putting 180, 200,000 troops in Iran, because there's no need to. We're just going to decapitate. We're just going to go after the leadership. We're going to take all our, our technology and cruise weapons and go after them that way. So there's not going to be any war with Iran. Uh, and if Iran wants to keep bringing the war to us, that's how we're going to bring the war to them. And it's all going to be done through executive order. So Congress is not going to get in the game as well. I'm always interested in how world events can come down to just a couple of human beings, usually men, making decisions. And is that what happened here where you had this guy... Um, who'd been ooching around for quite a while, and all of a sudden he's uh, showing his head and he's doing press conferences and everything like that. Did he just make the calculation that Donald Trump didn't have the cojones to t- to take a hit at him, and the other one guy, Trump, said, oh, yeah, I will? Is it Does it come down to just that? Exactly right. And this guy was doing selfies on the front line with troops there. Um, he's in Iraq at the funeral for the, the people that were killed in the airstrike, and we took 25 of that um, uh, Shia militia group out uh, in response to that contractor being killed. I mean, Trump's been clear about the, the red line, and that is American casualties. And so I, I think that's exactly right. He, the Iran's miscalculated up until now, 
and now we have deterrence, or at least we've got a new bar set as to what we're going to tolerate and not going to tolerate, and now we're going to find out. Uh, we're going to find out what uh, the Iranians do if they turn off the militia groups that are out there, if they turn off these terrorist organizations, but if they turn them on and their fingerprints are on them, the next rounds are going downtown Tehran to that defense ministry right after the people that made that decision. Mike Lyons, military analyst for CBS News. Mike, uh, always enlightening. Thanks a million. Rick, I take me. Thanks. For all the tectonic plates involved, there's just one guy thinking, ah, he won't do anything. Right. And he was wrong. Right. I'm a, I'm a hero. I'm the lion of the Shia, you know, violence in the Middle East. The Shia Crescent. I, Soleimani, command Hezbollah, essentially. All of these militias all over the place that that torture Israel and then blow stuff up and kill Americans by the hundreds through the years. Uh, I'm a rock star. And, and and we're going to push it and push it and push it and push it. We're going to storm the embassy. We're going to attack ships. We're going to take, remember when they took our sailors hostage a couple of years ago? We're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, he thought. And the Im- impeachment's going on. I'm sure he was aware of that. Yeah. And I'm sure he's aware of all Trump's speech of getting out of the Middle East and endless wars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He just thought they're not going to do anything. They don't care about us anymore. They only care about China. So I'm not worried about it. And, and he was just wrong. Uh, on a very practical level... Would he have, so he lands at the airport, he's a, he's a, you know, important rich guy, so a car picks him up, mm-hmm. and he's pulling out of the airport. Would he just have, just ceased to exist? Yes. I think he wouldn't have heard anything, or there wouldn't have been nothing, would there? No, he's it's an airport, sit- so worrying up above wouldn't get your attention. Yeah, he's just, I think he's probably just sitting in his car talking to a guy or looking at his phone, and he just ceased to exist. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. My brother said, I know that spot, been on that very spot. Oh. Because he uh, he was uh, with the first group that was into Baghdad International Airport when, when we took it away from Saddam in 2003. And uh, exploring all the tunnels and getting all the munitions out of there and everything mm-hmm. like he said. I know that very spot. Yeah. Awesome. So Soleimani was integrated one moment. The next moment, he was disintegrated. <laughs> that was the transitional moment. No longer integrated. Listen, one more note on this. Uh, and then, you know, whatever, we can move on. I happened to flip on uh, Nakedly Progressive Radio this morning, NPR, and the utterly dishonest anchorette chick on there. And yes, I'm using chick dismissively because I think this woman is is just a professional liar. First misogyny of 2020. Feels good. It's good to be back. Wow. Wow. I'm not not disrespecting her because she's a woman. I'm disrespecting her because she deserves no respect. She said of the killing of Soleimani, in reference to the storming of the embassy, which happened several days ago by this uh, Shia militia who we bombed because they killed one of our guys. But anyway, so what happened was they stormed the embassy. It looked like it could have been 1979 or 77. Um, All over again in Tehran with an embassy being stormed, our diplomats, our soldiers being killed, whatever. Um, and, And we repelled them, thank God. And they besieged the embassy and were hurling rocks for days. And finally, we got word to the Iranians, you got to call off the dogs now or we are going to go nuts. And so a couple of those militia leaders go back and tell their guys, all right, stand down. Some of the guys didn't want to stand down. They said, no, you got to quit chucking Molotov cocktails in the embassy seriously, okay? NPR described that as Soleimani's people were actually defending the embassy. He was there to tell them not to attack. He was defending the embassy. 
which is a bizarre mischaracterization. That is the husband who briefly stops beating his wife, being described as her protector. Great Scott NPR. Why do you get my tax dollars? Why? (laughs) I've got the first Kids Today story of 2020 coming, and something I learned from an Uber driver over the weekend, or over the last two weeks, that I think you'll find interesting. Harvey Weinstein trial begins. I see him shuffling into the courtroom right now with, with his walker. walker. He's a poor old man. You're going to convict an old man who can barely walk. Plenty on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. It sounded like a question when I said that. Good to be back? Maybe it is a question in my own mind. Uh, As we are back, the Armstrong and Getty Show. Back and on some new stations. Uh, Good to be back on in Los Angeles on the legendary KABC. And uh, we hope you like it. And if if you don't like it, give it some time. um, I think in the world of talk radio, often what listeners do, is this one of those uh, conservative shows or one of those liberal shows is the first thing they got to try to figure out what it is. got to put it in a box. you got to put it in a box to figure out what it is, and I don't think we're as boxable as a lot of shows, so give it some time. I uh, just saw this from Colin Kaepernick. I hate to get serious here because oh, I have something else God. to talk about. Did, did you see this? Oh, have, yeah. Have you heard about this? Yeah. Um, Colin Kaepernick said of the um, Trump bombing that dude, American terrorist attacks against black and brown people. Is what he referred to it as after the Iran strike. Yes, our, our, our what was the rest of it? Our long, uh, the, the long history of that. This is just one more. Colin, you are an idiot. <laughs> Shut up. I'm a guy who's defended you as just being misguided, overstating things, being a little young, being in love with your hot activist girlfriend, and shooting off your mouth. I shot off my mouth when I was your age too. I've tried to be understanding. Colin, you need to shut up, you moron. Suleimani killed and tortured more brown people than than Trump could if he developed, devoted the rest of his life to it. Tortured them. Executed them for being gay. Tortured women for showing their hair. Beat them. Raped them. Used rape as a systematic weapon against brown people. You moron! I knew I shouldn't have brought that up. He I'm needs supposed, to hear this, Jack. I was going for lighthearted tonight. He, no! I clearly failed in no! my attempt. No! Lighthearted. No you, time for lighthearted! You get, you got <laughs> the former quarterback saying crap like that? With no... The, listen, I'm like Trump with Suleimani. In your world, there's no repercussions for him saying that. Me, he got the rough side of my tongue. Wow. Um, God, I'm looking through all my notes from the last two weeks because we were off for two weeks, but I, because I'm a news junkie, like junkie, like addicted to it, I can't stop, uh, continued following it a lot. And one of them is, and Joe retweeted this, is uh, how great women are doing in society, particularly girls compared to boys, and how this needs to be more widely known or or, or, or looked at. So it's really shocking. It is. Girls are doing great. Girls are doing fantastic in school, in college, and that sort of thing. 
and uh, and th- this continued idea that it's the the man dominated world and they have all the patriarchy. Breaks. Yeah, that that breaks down when you start to look at the numbers. So maybe we'll get to that a little bit later. Here's something that happened. Um, a lot of things happened to me over two weeks. Actually, my two weeks. I would say what is in the uh, of a two week period. It was as stressful, oh. emotionally, financially, all kinds of different ways as any two week period I've ever had in my life. So. Ooh. I don't come out of it exactly feeling like it was a vacation or refreshed or anything like that. With all kinds of different family dynamics going on, which I may or may not talk about. I don't know. But anyway, aside from that, at one point I did take a uh, an Uber ride. I know why, because I got the. uh, You know what I did, Sean? You said the other day you make this mistake once. Apparently, I've made this mistake twice in my life. My brake pads had failed on me, and I let it go too long, and then I had to replace the rotors because it was metal against metal for too long, and then it ends up being really dang expensive. But so I got an Uber ride back home after I dropped off my car, and I'm not going to have time to tell the story because I went on too long about some other crap, so I'll have to tell the story. Plus, I yelled at Colin Kaepernick. It's true. I took up the time, too. You guys still haven't asked me about my T-Rex, either. What does your shirt say? Ask me about my T-Rex. So what does that mean? Is that a is that a show or a foot? Oh, <laughs> then you lift up your shirt. And it's a T-Rex mask. <laughs> Literally, the inside of the belly of the ter- shirt wow. flipped up becomes a mask. It's you, the greatest Christmas present I've ever gotten. You and your whimsical T-shirts. Yeah. Make it, you got to make a noise when you do that. Roar. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Now, you know what? That has so well, Let me show the control room. I will, I will, I will tell what I learned about Uber that I found fascinating, and it's a young people today story. Okay, All along right. with some of the other big stories that are going on in the world. Oh, some new polls out. You know, we still got this whole presidential election thing happening, which we thankfully have not talked about yet, but Mm-mm, nor thought about. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. into the, the TV game with a morning show. A superb drama, yeah. A superb drama about the importance of dignity and doing the right thing, made by a company that runs sweatshops in China. So, well, you say you're woke, but the companies you work for, I mean, unbelievable. Apple, Amazon, Disney. If ISIS started a streaming service, you'd call your agent, wouldn't you? So, if you do win an award tonight, don't use it as a, a platform to make a political speech, right? You're in no position to lecture the public about anything. You know nothing about the real world. Most of you spent less time in school than Greta Thunberg. So, if you win, right, come up, accept your little award, thank your agent and your God, and... And... So... <laughs> it's already three hours long. That is so beautiful. That is How a guy dare who, you? That, that is a guy who does not care. That's Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes last night. The movie 1917 won the big prize, which is the best movie. Whatever a movie means in the modern world. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, don't worry, because it's only in 11 theaters currently. Yeah, as the guy said when he came up and accepted, he said, hey, this is great. It comes out next week, and now people know it exists, and maybe mm. somebody will go watch it, because probably weren't a lot of people going to watch it otherwise. So. 1917. I'm guessing that has something to do with WW1. It's all uh-huh. World War One. Yeah. Okay. It's all about World War One. I. I actually saw the trailer but kind of by accident on my new Apple TV that I got yeah. for Christmas. I'm in the world of Apple TV, which uh, leads to something Ricky Gervais was talking about, and this is old news at this point, but 
man, the old structure of television and movies is just so dead. Mm-hmm. So now I got Apple TV and everything comes to me through the Apple and then it's all just apps on your television. Mm-hmm. And so between Disney, Apple, and Netflix, we never left those three things. Mm. I never even clicked over to my old dish system with all the channels and all the shows and stuff like that. Never once in two weeks did the kids ever want to do that. Mm. I did for my news shows at various times last night, but you just don't need it anymore. There's so much freaking entertainment out there. Oh, yeah. The, the yeah. idea of dish or cable and ABC, NBC, those channels, sorry, you just don't need it. Right. Right. And if you did watch the television broadcast of the Golden Globes, you were hit it hit with a deluge of even more NBC launching their Peacock streaming app. Like the the commercials were all about these new streaming apps that were coming still from the networks that mm-hmm. are trying to remain relevant. And, yep. and now that I'm into 4K UHD Dolby something or other, I can't go back. Oh, clearly, I, not. I can't even those TVs up there that are HD. I can't even look at them. Keep them away from me. <laughs> Now that I'm into 4K, you walk like, down the street. Reality isn't sharp enough. Oh for yeah, you. I can't even look at you. Yeah. I need 4K. You're blurry. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I need I need brighter colors. Right. I need better contrast. I need blacker blacks. Right. There are not blacker blacks in here. It's like you ever see one of those Technicolor movies from the 30s where everything is just lurid. Every color <laughs> is just the greenest green that's ever greened and the reddest red, and everything's just ah. They're funny. But 4K is a little like that. Yeah, we the strawberries were, in my world are not that red. We had a dumb <laughs> TV, and so I, could, I just I couldn't get Netflix. I couldn't get Disney. I couldn't get anything. So we Idiot. had to upgrade. I was wanting to hold off, but sometimes technology forces you into it. Because the Disney thing is really handy if you've got kids. Um, and started watching Mandalorian. Which, oh, that's uh, a fun show. Yeah. It's, it, I like it, and my son likes it, but it is so... It's just every uh, Clint Eastwood Western... With with space helmet yeah, on, yeah, they even got it's the, the exact perfect. same plot. Well, that's fine, <laughs> but it's the exact same plot. Yeah. They ride into a village and help the locals defend themselves against the yeah. teach them how to shoot guns. I mean, it's the they time. even have the suit where he's trying to learn to ride the their version yeah. of a horse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's hilarious. Um, uh, and we got uh, video games introduced video games into our family for the first time for real, and already have addiction problems that <laughs> that, that, that trouble me greatly. Mm. So. I'll talk about that. This later. is huge. Yeah. You brought video games and 4K into your home. This is great, Jack. Yeah. This, well, it's something. <laughs> well, I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't. I don't need better clarity on my phones and screens. I was perfectly fine with what I had. But there's all the TVs are so cheap. Oh yeah. And it, so I'm going to save a hundred dollars by buying the one that's not 4K. How did technology get so cheap? Well, first of all, they're built so crappily. The plastic and everything is so crappy. I was moving my old TV from like 2001, back when they were glass and metal and thick, you know, commercial-grade plastic, and it Mm. weighs like 500 pounds compared to the new flimsy TVs. Everything's so disposable and cheap. Right. Now, come on, China! Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And going further down that road, they're talking about the the rollable screens? It'd just be a Mm -hmm. sheet you throw up on your... uh... On your wall? That's your TV. How Take much, it out of your pocket. Unfold it. How much do you not want to hear about the latest polls from Iowa and New Hampshire? Uh, I don't have the slightest interest in it. 
Really? You don't? No, nah, that's a we're, big we're, exaggeration. We're, we're a I'm mildly of... interested. I saw Bernie had raised a, a, a ton of money, an amazing amount of money, and oh, yeah. the most in the race. And I thought, wow, old man Bernie still. Oh, yeah. He set an all-time record for an individual candidate you know, running in a race. Trump raised a ton of money. Yeah. But he's not, you know, he's, a, he's alone in the Republican Party, but he raised a ton of money. Right. But Bernie set a record for fundraising, and as many people pointed out, he had a heart attack during that quarter. Yeah. He had a heart attack. He's 80 years old. Gray hair, don't care. And he raised more money than anybody has in forever. And he now is in first place, or at least tied for first in Iowa, and alone in first in New Hampshire. I'll be dead. So he's had a, sur- a late surge. He could win those first two primary states. Yeah. With more money than anybody else has got. You know, my favorite note from that story, and you were going to talk about Uber, weren't I you? I am. Should I? Sh- I'll no. be quiet now if you want. I don't yeah, care. We got two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, according to the contract, which we just foolishly signed. Uh, anyway, um, uh, der, what was I going to say? Oh, so you got uh, you got old man Bernie, the communist. He's he's on top of the heap with uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember how much money, but a lot of it took his first shot at anybody over the weekend. I'll hit you hit you with that when you're done with your story. Okay, and then you got Liz, but a giggity, and 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 Biden real close, a few million bucks back. In fourth place, a few million bucks back of that, but still raising crazy money. The Yanger. Yeah. Yang hangs on. I just, I like his presence. I like his sense of humor. I like the fact that he's not a stuffed shirt phony like the rest of the politicians up there. I'm just glad he's doing well. He's Asian, so he's smart. Oh, boy. Send your complaints to Jack, Jack Armstrong of the Armstrong and Getty Armstrong Show for Getty calling show. a race smart. Yes, that's a stereotype. Mm. You can't use stereotypes, white whitey, just like a white guy. Bernie, uh, Bernie. Totally like a white guy. Oh, white people, I hate them. So the first voting starts in a couple of weeks now in Iowa. We're actually starting to get close to uh, votes being cast. Okay. And um, Bernie said over the weekend, ask about Joe Biden. Now that Bernie has topped him in some polls, it's just a, a lot of baggage that Joe takes into the campaign, which isn't going to create energy and excitement. He brings into this campaign a record which is so weak that it just cannot create the kind of excitement and energy that is I required. I apologize for that. So that <laughs> out of Bernie Sanders, that's a shot, because he never did that with Hillary Clinton. So, there you go. We'll I wonder see. when Biden wraps a chain around his head if Bernie will have another heart attack. Because Biden will get, get right hands, you chain whip him. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Right. Finally, my Uber story, which is uh, not very long. but So I, I got a, an Uber ride in my town. And uh, I said uh, I, I live a, around a town of 60,000 people. And I didn't even know we had Ubers, but we got a couple. And it said on his little thing, 8,500 uh, trips that he's done. And I wow. said, he can't have done 8,500 trips here. And he said, oh, yeah, all of them here. You're calling me a liar. And then we fought. And he attacked me, and we rolled around in the street for a while. Stripped to the waist. Luckily, I had left my knife on the rain barrel of the knife. So it was rusty. Right, right. So I banged it against the curb. I cut him, and then I waited for tetanus to set in. Right. And then that's how I was. Mr. Vice President. But uh, um, So I said, surely you didn't do 8,500 rides in this town. He said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, so mostly, because it's college now. I said, mostly drunks. He said, oh, I never do that. That's too annoying. So how do you get 8,500 rides? He said, College students don't walk anywhere. He said they, they Uber everywhere. They all have a card from their dad, an Uber pass, their mom and dad, and they Uber everywhere. The dorms are here. The classes are here. I pick. I run. I run a rides all morning long from like seven to nine. You're kidding. Everybody going to their first class. They get picked up at their dorm and taken like five blocks, six blocks, half a mile. Oh my god! To where their classes are, and then back at the end of the day, and from ah. the restaurant. 
to the to wherever they're going after the restaurant, the coffee shop or whatever, all Ubers. That is amazing. I know. And so then I ask my uh, college age niece, while I'm at uh, what we call cousin Christmas in Kansas, yeah. I was talking to her. She said, "Oh yeah, lots of lots of college kids. They 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 take Uber to class. They don't walk." I said, "That's interesting. That's reworking hundreds of years of history with uh, with you know that sort of thing. People walking to class from their dorm room or their apartment or whatever." But no, wow, they Uber. He said, "I've t- I've taken people across the street." He said, three block rides are common, but I've taken people across the street." What the hell? There you go. People how, are soft. That's how interesting. Oh, we're is a that? soft, soft people. Well, I suppose if your parents are paying for it. And you see somebody else says, you're going to walk for 10 minutes? What are you doing that for? And you think, yeah, it is 50 degrees out today. Oh, wow. Well, you'd hate to die of frostbite. (laughs) (laughs) Why be the slightest bit uncomfortable if somebody else is paying for you to be picked up at your door to take you to that door? I can see how you'd get in the habit of that. You have literally put me in the position of telling the story of how I would walk through the snow <laughs> 20 minutes to get to a class. But the, the question and is... And the howling winds of the Midwest. I think the question like is... Like a bitter old guy, yes. Like, like we always remind, whenever we're talking about these sorts of stories, these people didn't raise them... They didn't come up with these ideas on their own. Right. It's the they gener- may have asked. It's the generation... You could have said no. Yeah, exactly. It's the generation that raised them that caused them to be different. Yeah. Were you giving your kid an Uber Pass and letting them... You, you don't look at the bill and think... You take a, an Uber ride three times a day, every day? Why is there a dollar forty Uber ride on my bill? <laughs> the guy said every parent gives their kid an Uber Pass, and oh, then that's please. not true. Every parent does that, please. but in a rich town they do. Uh, every parent gives every rich parent gives their kid an Uber Pass for emergencies, so I don't have to have you walking home late at night with rapists about. But you use it for everything. Let's just run through this little role playing. Hey, Dad, can I have an Uber pass so I can get a ride to school, to class every day? Here's the proper response. <laughs> well, apparently it's very common. Uh, if you know anything about it, our text line is 415-295-KFTC on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. We are here to present the nominees for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. My God, you are good looking. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really something. I just, I love everything that is going on here. Thank you. <laughs> the hair, the beard. Thank you. It's a, it's a real privilege. Thank you, Will. Can I keep going? It would be a real shame if you didn't continue. You smell amazing, by the way. It's it's not cologne. You just smell good. Thank you so much. Will Ferrell and who? Pierce Brosnan. You know... Thank you. <laughs> That's the funny part. There was so much bitter mockery of Hollywood last night, I'm almost able to stomach the idea of coming back to the Golden Globes. Although Ricky Gervais says he's done now. Yeah. 
So I, I no, they, cannot the, these, watch these shows the Oscars. Are, they're going away. To me, the Oscars is like one of those two-and-a-half-minute abused animals commercials. I have guilt about it. I feel bad that I ever took them in the way I did. Mm. I feel like that was a real weakness on my part. <laughs> that I ever looked at those people as something better than other people. And they're so not. Well, we definitely know that now. Yeah, in many whether cases they're, they're worse. Whether they're faking their kids into college or allowing rapes to happen, it's okay as long as I get a good job, whatever it is. Yeah. And they're nutty politics all the way around. Well, to... and then the hubris to lecture the rest of us bitterly on their views on humanity and morality and the rest of it just... I mean, that's that's an extra layer of disgusting to me. But yeah. anyway, more on that later. I'm watching. Speaking of which, I'm watching Harvey Weinstein. His trial starts today in New York City. Oh, the poor man. Unfortunately, the case is not as strong as a lot of people would like. There are only two women involved in this case. You just got to figure out a way to put them behind. Well, that's what happened to Cosby, right? Was that just one woman? Or two? Yes, that we was just one? one with a couple of backup people who said, yeah, similar things happened to me that yeah, the judge so, allowed. So he raped women over decades and decades. you got to find one good, solid case, though, to put him in prison. Yeah. And that's what they're trying to do with Harvey Weinstein, and I hope it's good enough to get him in prison. But he just limped into the courtroom with his walker, very slowly <laughs> shuffling along like a band who's barely hanging on to life. Oh, yeah, just fabulous. I'm well, sure he, they, they had a meeting where they said, we'd like to put you in a wheelchair. He said, no, I'm seen walking around in my town all the time. That's too much. How do you feel about a walker? I don't know. Would a cane work? I think the walker is the sweet spot with the tennis balls on the bottom and the rest of it. So, yeah, this perfectly fit middle-aged guy is now shuffling in on a walker like he's dying. It's hilarious. You know he could long jump 20 feet to get on top of some 19-year-old starlet if he wanted to. (laughs) Well said. Troublingly, but well said. Um. And and the other ploy that's just, you see this all the time, there are plenty of women lawyers who have boats and mansions and, and lots of shoes, whatever rich women lawyers buy. Um, <laughs> boats, mansions, and lots of shoes, I suppose. Based on, if you're a dude, if you're a rich dude and have committed despicable sex crimes or crimes against women, you need a woman attorney. Because juries, subconsciously at least, well, think, well, that woman doesn't think he's that bad. I mean, if he was a real monster, she wouldn't be working with him and saying what a nice fellow he is. It's just a transparent ploy. Before we mention the news of the day, I do want to talk about New Year's resolutions and stuff at some point during the show. And there's an article out on the best way to actually make a new habit stick. And New Year's resolutions tend to be about new oh, habits, but yeah. ways to make a new habit stick. So that later on the program. Yeah, I do want to hear that. I have a couple of things in mind for myself. Uh, By the way, if you're just tuning in, yes, we've talked at at a fair length about the uh, taking out of General Soleimani of the Iranian Quds Force. The man was a monster. He was a terrorist and a promoter of terrorists. This is an escalation you're going to hear on the liberal news media all day long. The Iranians had been escalating and escalating and escalating. And we had been saying, you got to stop or we're going to do something to you. And they were about at the point where they thought America was a paper tiger, was toothless. And now they don't think that anymore. So the escalation had already happened. And we were, to my mind, on the verge of being the person who's clearly not going to stop the bully, so encourages the bully. Well, they believe now. If Trump tells them, as our military analyst Mike Lyons suggested, that if they go at us in any sort of serious way, we'll take out their defense ministry. And and if and I'm sure our administration has gotten word to them through back channels, look, 
We're not joking. We'll do that. I promise you they believe it right now. They believe it. And you'll see Iran restrain their activities, not not to grow them. That's my prediction. But you know what? Time will tell. The one thing that annoyed the hell out of me is I kind of shied away from Twitter as well as the, the news, mostly on vacation. It's just everybody's a hundred percent certain about everything. Well, right, yeah, that's oh. the, that's the main thing with this story. We don't know what the imminent threat was uh, to start with. We don't know that. We don't know. Um, well, we don't know all kinds of information. We don't know what allies were actually saying behind closed doors, as opposed to what they're saying out loud. We don't. Mm-hmm. We we don't know what the Iraqi government's saying behind, you know, in in private. Messages as opposed to we don't we don't know any of that stuff. Yeah, they held a non-binding vote saying all foreign troops must go, and the Sunnis and the the, the Kurds uh, abstained. They didn't vote, and everybody knew it was non-binding. And the prime minister is like a retired guy. It's just a caretaker government as they try to form a government right now. It was a it was a gesture for domestic Shiite politics. It you know, and you're hearing it again, reported over and over and again as the Iraqi parliament has ordered the U.S. troops. How will this change the Middle East, Jim? You're hearing all over again. Ain't no troops leaving. It was symbolic. It's like the impeachment right now. Phony. Nothing's going to happen. All right, the impeachment. Yeah, I know. Nancy has made such a miscalculation, but I don't know. She's just trying to fire up her base. We can talk about that a little bit more later. Um, it's just yeah. so silly. We uh, we came across an interesting story about how girls are doing in the world as opposed to boys and some stats to back, back it up that are really interesting as my kids are heading back to school today. Oh, yeah. They're, the statistics are actually incredibly troubling and um I'm going to uh, suggest that if you are a lot like a lot of people in these issues, you're so stupid, you're subhuman. Wow. So wow. Uh, better hope that you're description s- doesn't describe you. Stay with us. <laughs> it might. Wow. Armstrong and Getty.